Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Beside me always, Blake Harrison. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. So this is going to be an interesting one. This is um, looking back over uh, 288, um, which happened just a few hours ago. We're recording this first thing Sunday morning. Uh, in the wake of all the action, um, we've both kind of been hit with family commitments and, and bits and pieces. Yeah. And I was watching it this morning, and like I sort of had to, I tried made sure I watched um, the, the three fights at the top of the card, and uh, I couldn't have the volume up because I had people there coming down for breakfast and stuff, and it was like, oh. I do like family, but I really want to watch the UFC. <laughs> I do like your uh, family, but please go away for three hours. Exactly, exactly. Same for you. I had a similar thing. I mean, like my, my brother-in-law was over and he was chatting to my wife for a bit and I was like, I can't quite hear the commentary, but it'd be really rude for me to just turn Can this you up and drown out your conversation. Up. Shut up, guys. <laughs> um, but uh, So, yeah, so like during the Gilbert burns uh, Bilal Muhammad fight, I was like, what? I, I think they said something about his arms injured. Gilbert's arms injured? What's going on yep. with it? Something, something's going on. But I could never quite work out what was going on. So it was slightly frustrating, but... The, uh, the, the, I suppose the alternative is to stay up super late and be absolutely wrecked for a good few mm. days afterwards. Um, and I think there's some cards where I'm willing to do that. Mm. And this on paper just wasn't that card for me. But I think we can do our best to run through all of the main action of it. I mean, I've watched everything, not the fight past prelims, but... The prelims, I've watched the the main card. You, I think, haven't quite seen as much as me, but no. we are going to get into the big stuff because at least we've all seen that. So yes. why don't we start with the main event and we start with Sterling versus Cejudo. Um, what were your thoughts on the fight overall? Because you were worried it was going to be a very dull affair. Did you think it was very dull? No, I thought it was quite entertaining. Um, I wish I could have heard more of the commentary because I think I would have maybe um, understood a little bit more of what might have been going on with corners and what they were saying and stuff yeah. like that. But um, I thought it was 
it was really decent. I thought um, I did think Aljo won. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought he um, his movement was really good, and I, I thought Henry definitely kind of pulled back towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I thought initially the way that Aljo was controlling the octagon, and it felt like the size difference was really, really apparent in them early rounds. It, it, it felt like you could watching Henry like literally doing two steps just to try and get in. Yes, the range was yeah. so vast. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, that first takedown, he seemed to take that very comfortably. Um, and we didn't see loads more of that. Um, so I don't know what, you know, uh, what Matt Serra and stuff had, had, had been instilling him um, into Aljo. To, 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 his game plan clearly worked because at, at times I thought Henry looked a little out of ideas and, and looked like some of the, 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 the shots he was throwing were quite wild. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that was just because Aljo was controlling the range and distance and his footwork was great. Um, but I'm taking nothing away from Zahudo. I thought Zahudo was going to nick the, the, the win in the pre-show. Um, but I think we saw... Um, I mean, the, just the size difference when they both got yeah, in man. there. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like It yeah. looked like completely separate weight classes. Um, but uh, but props to, to Henry. Uh, an, an incredible account of himself. Um Obviously, he was up on one of the scorecards from what I from what I um, yes. gather. Yep, yep. Um, but all, all all three judges scored it forty eight forty seven, I believe. Yeah. But two of them in favour of Sterling, one in favour of mm. Cejudo. Mm. Um, I again, I was by this point, both my uh, brother in law, my wife, and my two children were downstairs, so and my selfish. son, so selfish, and my son was punching my feet regularly like i think he was inspired by the te- what was on the telly and i quite enjoyed that at one point during the prelims i wasn't really watching the prelims because i was holding pads for him and he had his little kiddie gloves on and he was throwing some shots at the pads and i was like well do you know what i i'm quite i quite like this this is I, yeah. i'm all right if he's if he's getting into a sport i love and all that then that's that's fine mm. um but it did mean that i couldn't score the fight as um kind of appropriately or, or strictly as as I would have liked to because I was slightly distracted but I have to say with my slightly distracted scoring I scored it just about three of three rounds were very very close but I scored it just about in favor of Cejudo oh, um, really? yeah I mean again I'm I'm I have no problems with the scorecards because again I I wasn't scoring it as as well as I would have liked to mm-hmm. Uh, but I gave round one quite easily to, to Sterling. Round two, I put was very close. I, I've got big question marks over this, but I put Henry because I had to put someone and I was just like, I think Henry, but I'm not sure. It could have gone either way for me round two. Round three, I thought was Henry's. And then round four, I thought was Sterling's. And round five, I thought could have gone either way again, but oh, I think I, I gave Henry to Henry. Yeah, yeah I, I gave it to Henry. So I had them 2-2 going into the final round and I thought Henry nicked it. But I... I I didn't mind either way because it, some of those rounds were so close, mm. or it seemed so to me anyway, from my slightly, uh, you know, unfortunate scoring position, that uh, it did, I didn't mind either way. Did you enjoy the fight? I did enjoy the fight, yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was really interesting to see 
the wrestling thing. And I said, we discussed beforehand, you were talking about Al Jermaine's uh, wrestling being so inferior to Henry's. But when they get in the cage, when they do the, like, you know, up against the fence, all of that, the, mm. the kind of Olympic level wrestling, it's not always about that, that style of wrestling and, and MMA wrestling yeah. can be slightly different. And I felt that Aljo showed that there was one takedown he tried to do on Henry. And did you see Henry did like a Jean-Claude Van Damme split yeah. to get out? <laughs> Aljo eventually got him down anyway. But I was like, how, how wide are his legs going to go? I've never seen someone have their legs mm. that wide to try and prevent a takedown before. Mm. Uh, so I love that. It reminded me of that scene in Kickboxer where they're just like pulling his <laughs> legs down. It's like, ah! I was just waiting for a guy with a coconut in a tree to say, ready to protect from, boom, throw the coconut down on him. Uh, if you haven't seen Kickboxer, go and watch it. It's a great movie. Uh, does it still hold up 20 years later? I don't know. Um, but, I'm um, going to lean on the fact I don't think it probably does. No, it's probably very problematic. I don't know. I mean, and I watched that when I was like way too young. I don't know yeah. what my parents were doing, but I was a child watching Kickboxer and there's certainly some scenes in that that I shouldn't have been watching. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, so yeah, don't watch it with the kids. It's not a family film. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt like um, it, either way, I was happy with, with the result. I think also this result is the best result for the division because I do believe if Henry won, yeah, he might have gone on and fought Sean O'Malley, sure, but he would have just been trying to get the Volk fight, trying to move up in weight, blah, blah, blah. Whereas mm. I don't think Aljo's going to do... Well, he might do that, but... I don't know, it doesn't bother me as much as the Cejudo one, I suppose, because Cejudo sort of tried to hold the UFC to ransom before. Because when he retired, he wasn't retiring because he wanted to retire. He retired because he thought, no, I want bigger fights, I want more money, um, and I'm just going to hold these two belts uh, at ransom. And the UFC didn't play ball with him, and they did the right thing, and they just cracked on. And it was one of the biggest mistakes I think Cejudo will ever make because it was his prime kind of years to really earn good money and have some great fights and he lost out on those um so yeah in terms of going forward did he retire did he not did he, he took his gloves off apparently um i didn't see it on the footage but i did read that dana cut his gloves off for him oh yeah he was just um, struggling with his gloves and dana helped him out with the with the gloves i think it, it, henry seemed a bit confused unsure what what he's going to do going forward i think um Henry was never really interested in, I think, coming back and having a bunch of fights or making like any kind of legitimate run towards a title by taking out contenders. He just wanted the big money fights, and you know, big I money fights that. or or the or or gold. You know, did he want that both? Belt? Both. He. Because I think. I, I think only... there's big money fights there for him, but I don't think he's getting that shot anytime soon. I, I don't know how much there is. I don't think it's a big money fight fighting Marab or Corey Sandhagen or Petty Yarn. They're not big money fights. They're just fights to try and get yourself into a position where you can fight for the belt again. Um, has he got? Uh, could he get one or two wins at bantamweight and then rematch Sterling or fight whoever's there? Absolutely, because he's a massive name, and that was a very very close fight. Mm. Um, and you know, credit to him. Three years off, thirty six years old. Fighting a guy that's clearly bigger than him, like he he showed he's got true quality as a mixed martial mm -hmm. artist. Like Henry Cejudo is no joke. He's a very 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 talented fighter. Um, <clears throat> but going forward, I think what he wants is 
big money fights that are also legacy fights. And I think ultimately what that means is to try and become a three-weight world champion. I think he wants that Volkanovski fight badly, but this has really set him back. Because now... So, okay, so so for Henry, you could you could fight one or two guys at bantamweight if you wanted, but you're not really gaining anything from that. I don't see why he would do it. Why is he going to fight Mirab, Sandhagen, uh, Petion? Like, what does he gain from it? Oh, he gets closer to another bantamweight title shot. Big deal. He's already been the champ there. I think if you're Henry and you think, I really do want to achieve something great and I've only got, say, like a year or two left to really do that, I'll be 38 in two years' time. Um, I think goes. I, I I think he'll be very small for the division, and I I think maybe having lost to Aljamain, he realizes that at featherweight he'd be in big big trouble. But if he still wants to really achieve that, and you never know, like luck may end up on his side. Pop straight up to featherweight. You're gonna fight a top five guy right away because you're such a big name. He could go up to featherweight and fight Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Arnold Allen. And if he gets a win off of any of those, next fight is a title shot. So if, if that's his main goal, then I would advise him, look, if you think you can hang with the featherweights, then that's what you do. Because the only way you're going to achieve true greatness and get that third, uh, third weight belt is by doing something like that. Because you can't do champ v champ now. You can't run through two or three bantamweights, then win the belt, and then go up because you'll be too old. So just pop straight up to featherweight. Take a massive fight at featherweight. You'll be probably an underdog because you'll be undersized. But if you get that win, that's it then. You're the number one guy because you're such a big name. And, you know, Max has lost three times. Ortega's lost. Arnold Allen now is going to have to rebuild himself. So any of those wins... And I, I, I think he's, he's there. Do, do I think he yeah. would beat a Volkanovski or anyone else? No. But if that's what he's trying to achieve, that I think is the quickest route to do it. Yeah. I mean, the only other alternative I can foresee where he might get to fight for the Bantamweight belt again is Aljo fights Sugar Sean. And if Aljo wins, I'm imagining then he's probably going to go up. Yeah. Um. And if he goes up, what happens with that belt? Does he, you know, is he going to defend that belt at, at Bantamweight? I don't know. If if or even if Sugar Sean beats Aljo, then Sahudo, Sugar Sean, is that a fight that could happen? I'm presuming Mirab would get that shot. Um, but and I think Mirab would want that Sugar Sean shot because it all yep. got a little bit tasty last night, didn't it? Oh, Did you, oh man. do you know what? I was pissing myself when I see it happen because he obviously just uh, for those that haven't seen that, um, what happened afterwards, they called Sugar Sean in uh, to the octagon to to face off against Sterling, and uh, and he had the 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 actual Michael Jackson red leather on, like, yeah. and uh, and he's walked in. And he took the jacket off. Obviously, he was wearing nothing underneath the jacket. Um, and uh, and he must have just given it to one of the officials whilst he's facing off against Aljo. I think he just chucked it on the floor. And Mirab just picked it up and put it on. I put it on. I loved it. When I saw that in the background, I thought that was so funny. And then, obviously, <laughs> yeah. off camera, I wonder if there's any social media clips of someone having their phone out 
cage yeah. side where you can see what really happened because yeah. I saw Mirab floating around in the back with the red lever on just <laughs> laughing and I was like this is so, so good I really want to see this more I love Mirab as yeah. soon as I saw him fighting the ice that cracked his head a few years ago I just like I love this guy and stuff like stealing <laughs> stealing Sean O'Malley's coat and wearing it with a cheeky grin I'm here for that content all day long um <sighs> So, yeah, and then obviously Sean's got pissed off with Mirab, but that's off camera. And then I start, like, something seems to happen between the two of them there. So that's going to be a really fun build-up, I think, with yeah. Mirab floating around. And then you've got Sugar Sean and Aljamain Sterling. I think it's great. I think in terms of um, of that fight going forward... One thing that was very apparent, and I think DC said this uh, in the aftermath of it, of it happening as well, is... Doesn't Sean look big compared to Sterling? And people don't often look big compared to um, Aljamain Sterling. Both, I think. I mean, he didn't look as muscular as Aljamain Sterling, but he still looked wide. He still looked yeah. broad, and, and like he didn't look like a skinny little twig stood next to him or anything. And mm. I, I felt like he looked a really good size to, to Aljamain. I mean, obviously, yeah, but he's not the, on weight, is he? No, of course. That's a very good point. Yes, he's he's, he's not on weight. He's walking around. Um, I mean, Aljo will probably put on, what, like 10 more pounds now because obviously he was rehydrated at that point as well. But I think that fight is going to be super interesting because striking-wise, Aljo can't hold a candle to Sean O'Malley. Sean will obliterate him with straight shots, I think. But... In terms of the grappling, we haven't seen enough from Sean O'Malley in terms of grappling defence, in terms of his jiu-jitsu game and, and stuff like that. So I think um, I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see whether or not Aljo can just sort of have his way with him in terms of the grappling and just drag him around the cage like he said he was going to do. Um, or if Sean will just land something big early and be able to keep away from him. I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating and i'm actually far more interested in that fight the face-off got me you know what i'm like i love a bit of drama a bit a bit of playground drama and i'm all I, in I, I, I went into it um i felt it it took the momentum out of um the, the interview process i thought it was it kind of spoiled Aljo's moment a little bit. Oh, you're um, so boring, Stu. And, uh, so boring, and, and I thought, and, and do you know what? As all it was going on, I was just looking at Henry in the background. And you know I think he's a melt, but I felt sorry for Henry. He was just standing there with his gloves in his hand, just going, oh, fucking hell. And like, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I weren't feeling it. Don't get me wrong. No. Like, I, we all love a face-off. Um, and the UFC ain't stupid. They know that there's a big pan note attached to uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, so they're going to bring him in. And I think they should do stuff like that more often. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's moments in time where you go, no, let's not do that. Let's give, I don't know, like, say, say they had, say they had Duplessis outside when Adesanya beat Pereira and they mm. brought him in. I'd be like, no, no, because this is such a big moment for Adesanya. Mm. Um, this, you know, that, let's, let's just stick with, Stick with him, stick with that. And there's moments in history where someone's had a big moment, someone's retiring, there's such, been such a build-up to the fight, all that stuff. But this was great for me, and I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see more of, you know, contenders stepping in and building up the fight 
The yeah. soon as the last fight finishes, that's what wasn't that what Chael Sonnen said? He said the build up to the last fight starts the second the first fight is over. Like, sorry, the build up to the next fight starts the second the last fight is over. Yeah. And that's what good champions and good kind of storytellers in sport do. You know, that's why you had after uh, Makachev won the belt against Oliveira, Khabib was straight on the mic for Makachev being like, we want Volk in Australia. Mm. And everyone's like, whoa. And then everyone's like, look, what you did against Oliveira was really impressive. But mm. we're building up to the next one now and we're really excited about this. So, yeah, I, I, I would like to see more of that. But I, I think the fight between Sugar and Sterling, I, I think it'll either, I think it'll sort of be one-way traffic either way. I think Sugar will either knock him out quickly because Sterling can't get to the grappling and his striking is just so inferior to Sugar's or I think Sean O'Malley will be dragged around the octagon for a bit and yeah. Sterling will just have his way with him and probably submit him. So, yeah, but that'll be that'll be exciting nonetheless. Yeah. Is there a date on that? There is not a date. Sterling was asking for September in mm. the cage and then <clears throat> um, Dana White in the post-fight press conference says he's looking at August in Boston. So, right. yeah, i tell you one thing that was super interesting about the whole night that I found really surprising and a little bit, felt a little bit sad for, for Sterling, actually, was they were fighting in New Jersey, which mm. is down the road from his hometown in, in New York. And he, everyone was cheering for Henry. Mm. They were cheering for Henry. They were booing Sterling after the fight a little bit. Mm. And you're like, mate, you're in your hometown. And mm. you're still getting no love. And and I felt like he feels that. I don't know what um, what front he's going to put on it. But I, I think you can see in him a little bit where he's like, oh, but you're my, why? Why are you booing me? And I felt, I genuinely felt a little bit sad uh, for Sterling there. But there you go. But If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I think it could be really interesting going forward. Sugar Sean. And again, if we if we do get it in August or September, that's, that's you know, it's only four or five months away. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, we have to be mindful of fighters fighting too much in succession, and that brings us on to to the next fight, I think. And uh, Look at that segue. Look hey, at you, 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 you professional. That? Loved it. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Stuart Whiffin. That's my years at RADA, darling. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Bilal Mohamed versus Gilbert Burns. Um, yeah. On the whole, I found this not the most exciting fight to watch. Um, yeah, it was it was all right. It was a, a unanimous decision um, over five rounds that, that went to Bilal Mohammed, and, and rightly so. Um, and Bilal Mohammed, I thought, didn't do anything wrong. I thought he fought a smart fight, yeah. and he was very effective. That the, the the left kicks were phenomenal, and they were, you know, Gilbert was in the end, fighting a lot with his hands so low because he didn't want to eat any more of them kicks. And I thought his takedown defense was really, really solid. Um, was he exciting? No. Uh, was Gilbert Burns exciting? No. Um, did Gilbert Burns look like he'd had too many fights in too short a space of time? I think yes. so. Um, and and he didn't was have that... apparently injured. Well, so this is something that... Um, I couldn't hear the commentary at this point, but um, at the end of the fight, they showed something back. And was it in the first round? He he, he shoots, and he basically his weight and Bilal Mohammed's weight comes down on the on, on his shoulder, and apparently he didn't then throw his left hand at all throughout the fight. I I mean, yeah, I again, this was a situation where I had family in the room and I couldn't quite hear the commentary. And as much as there's moments where we can get frustrated by the commentary because someone says, oh, well, they were on top for the whole round. So that's their round. It's like, no, mate, they did no damage and they got hit quite hard before that. So they've lost that round. But anyway, as much as we can have problems with the commentary, sometimes you do need it to tell you that stuff. Mm. Because I did see Gilbert Burns sort of like shake his arm out at one point to try and, I don't know, either pop it back or or just shake off whatever nerve thing was going mm. on with him but uh but I wasn't aware of exactly what was going on so it was really tricky to work it out but yeah it does seem like he did something quite early on to that left hand yeah. and Gilbert Burns has got a mean left hook and that just took mm. that weapon away for him completely I mean wasn't it a uh was it a, I'm trying to think what he hit Usman with when he dropped Usman in their fight if that was a straight left or or mm. what but I can't remember but point is it was it, it you were you were getting half Gilbert Burns and yeah. that could be because too many fights in quick succession for him or it could be that just bad luck he would have had a great fight but he got injured early and that's just one of those things. Um, I have to say I am in favour of number one contender fights particularly if they're in that co-main event slot being five rounders. I sort of wish this one wasn't. It was not exciting. It, you know, it's one of those ones they've made it five rounds. I'm thinking this could be great. 
and it just never lived up to it. And it would have been nicer if it was three rounds and we just cracked on a bit quicker. But them's the breaks. Um, I wonder what's going to go on with Bilal now because this was. Well, did Dana say anything about Bilal? I, I've not heard anything yet, but um, I've not had a chance to watch the post fight yet. But there's no fans going, yes, we really want to see Bilal Mohamed Leon Edwards. There's no fans saying that. I, I'd probably say I'd like to see that because I think it's an easier win for Leon than what Colby is. Also, he's on um, a 10-fight unbeaten streak. I know you've got the no contest yeah. with Leon with the eye poke and everything, but he's that, yeah. including that no contest, he's 10 yeah. fights unbeaten. You get to a point where you, you have to reward these people for putting together yeah. these these win streaks and taking these fights. However... It just it's just not it was not exciting at at all and I, I yeah I just I I worry is like I said in the, in the pre-fight show timing is everything with this mm. if if Colby and Leon fight soon then yes I think Bilal probably will get the next shot and it'll be fine but if Colby and Leon don't fight until October which is what I think Leon's alluded to then you would imagine there's going to be another London card in March. That's their staple. They do another London card in March. And if Leon wins in October, he will probably headline, hopefully another pay-per-view, the March London card, five months later. That's when Bilal would fight for the belt. So you're talking a ten and a half month wait for Bilal Mohammed. Are fans going to give a shit in ten and a half months' time? about Bilal Mohammed. I really don't think they are after that performance. In the meantime, Shavkat Rachmanov can reel off two or three wins. Hamzat Shemaev, who Dana keeps talking about going up to 185, but if for some reason he can get a fight at 170 and win, he's straight in there, surely leapfrogging Bilal, not out of any justice or meritocracy, but just out of that's just the, the nature of the business. So I, I I worry for Bilal a little bit after that. And uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. It is, it's undeniable he should be fighting Leon Edwards in the next, in the, Leon's next defence. It should not be Kobe Covenant. It should yeah. be Bilal Mohamed. Um, it's just not, it, oh, it's just not sellable. I, I just think the UFC is just going to go. Because as you touched on on the pre-fight show, outside of the UK, how many people are you know, absolutely like 100% huge super fans of Leon Edwards. Maybe not. Like, you know, he's he's got them, you know, he's got the belt, he's got the wins. We love him because we're, we're, we're you know, we're British fans. I wonder, like, I don't know. I I think the the, the Covington fight is, is marketable. We've not seen Colby fight for ages. He's a hype machine. It's, it's it makes for an exciting fight. Um, and like you say, like you look at Shavkat, there's a superstar in the making, you know. And I, and I think I don't know. Is Bilal Mohammed going to have to fight him? Is he going to be in you know waiting around and then he's going to end up having to fight Shavkat Rachmanov, which. My God, no one wants that fight. And he has at least and, put the ball in in like their court, so to speak, by going, mm. go on then. I, I'm, I'm 10 fights unbeaten. Now someone's got to do something mm. special. So I don't think he'd have to fight Shavkat unless Shavkat gets two decent wins under his belt. Yeah. 
Uh, I think Shavkat needs to beat two top 10 guys. Then that would put pressure on Bilal Mohamed to take that fight. But what does he do in the meantime? Because like you say, if, if Leon's not fighting Colby till the, you know, the end of the year, and then obviously we've got to wait until, like you say, like March next year to, to maybe see the next defence should uh, Leon beat Colby. What does Bilal Mohamed do? He can't just sit around for a year. No, I tell because you... he's not got the stock. He's not got the... He's not got the star power. And, and I feel like we're hating on him, and we shouldn't, because, you know, he's done nothing wrong. He has won every fight, and he yeah. has beaten everybody in front of him, and uh, relatively convincing, convincingly. But last night, I don't know. Had we have seen the Gilbert that fought Usman, maybe, in there last night, I think we might have had a bit more of an exciting fight. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to sort of, I'm going to just sort of keep talking about what might be happening for Bilal. I do think we should touch on on, on Gilbert and, and what happens for him because well, before we I, do, before we do, I think I, if if I'm if I'm Bilal's manager right now, I think I've worked out exactly what Bilal should do. Bilal needs to be saying to Dana, "I'm the backup fighter for Colby versus Leon in October." Let's say that is happening in October, which is what Leon mm-hmm. has said, which is Abu Dhabi. That is going to be very pro Bilal Mohammed. Bilal's Muslim, you know, he observes Ramadan, all those things. If he goes over to Abu Dhabi, the crowd will love him and show him support. If a fighter drops out and he can sneak in there in Abu Dhabi, the crowd would go nuts for him. But even if he doesn't, if he can just go over to Abu Dhabi, make weight and get like half a paycheck or whatever they get for just making weight and being there, being there that week, having people like, praise him and, and make a scene around him because he's like, uh, obviously he's not hometown boy because he's American, but they, they love their Muslim fighters over in, in Abu Dhabi. So he would do really well to have people shown to be caring about him ultimately. And if he can just get a little bit of needle and a little bit of altercation and beef with both Colby and Leon over during that fight week, that could be massive for him. That could be absolutely massive. Mm. If he can get some headlines because he's had an altercation with Leon, an altercation with uh, with Colby during their fight. Is he fight that guy week. though? Yeah, I think he is could he be. that guy. I think he would be because I think he's learning. I think he. I think he will be. I think there's already beef between him and Colby, so that will be easily done. Leon, he's got the whole eye poke thing, like whatever. It's not as good, but he's definitely got some beef with Colby. He can definitely get into the headlines. And I think that's what he has to do to try and make people care about him fighting either Leon or Colby sure. next. You wanted okay. to talk about Burns, though. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to have seen, you know, it was one of the things that, you know, not just us, but I guess most people that that love their, their, their MMA spoke about the fact that, you know, Gilbert's had to make weight three times in very close proximity. Yeah. What was that going to take out of him? And... It took something out of him. I think mm-hmm. it was it was so apparent that he didn't have that pop to him that he normally does, and and yeah, he just seemed a little flat. I thought. Um, don't get me wrong; still, you know, put on a solid performance, but I, I think Gilbert Burns can can do a lot better than that. Um, I think, like you say, he he just said yes to these fights and. As we spoke about again in the, the pre-show, he wants that title shot, and I think he thought this is the best way to do it. Just keep moving forward, just keep taking these fights, winning these fights, and you know we could have had a very different conversation. Now we could be saying, "Well, look, you know, 
Gilbert's next in line, but that's kind of not going to happen now. And so my worry is now for Gilbert Burns, what what does he do? Because he's not going to get a title shot anytime soon now. Like that's that, that there's another there's another two fights in 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 that for him. Who's he going to get? Shavkat. This is what I'm thinking, and it's like he should take some I mean, time first off. First of all, Gilbert, have an holiday, mate. Yeah. yeah, man. Don't don't fight until the end of the year. Don't fight until November, December. Take or even January. Just take take a nice long break. You've earned it. Mm. Um, but yeah, 36 years old. He's only going to be fighting for maybe like two more years at most, really. Um, so yeah, fuck it. Take you did well. Your stock rose against Hamzat. See if Shavkat maybe gets a win in the next three, four months and then go, yeah, go on then. I'll fight that guy. Mm. Um, that'd be that'd be a, a big move. And and if you again, if you stop the hype train that is Shavkat Rachmanov, people will be going, oh, I want to see Burns fight for the belt now. So mm. that's maybe your way back. I think the fans love Gilbert Burns, though. I think he's, yeah. um, you know, people are always going to be excited to watch Gilbert fight. Um and, I, and I'm, I'm not holding last night against him in any way, shape, or form because I think it was just one fight too many. Um, well, and the injury. Let's not let's not uh, yeah, yeah, discredit yeah, yeah. that. I mean, of course, that's, of course. left hook is a big weapon for Gilbert Burns. Mm. Not to mention, I don't think he was ever going to get Bilal Muhammad down anyway because Muhammad's wrestling's too good. But you can't shoot on someone and actually kind of offset their balance if you're doing it with one arm. So yeah, yeah. So you know. Let's just let's just hope that Gilbert's not too badly injured. It was like a minor injury. He can get it sorted, have a break, get whatever done done to his shoulder, get that sort of repaired, whatever. And then maybe he's back November, December, January in a big fight, maybe against like a Shavkat Rachmanov, and, and that could be massive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Amen to that. Right. What we got next? Andraj Janan, which I... I mean, that, if you was looking for fireworks, oh, there boy. you go. <laughs> uh, Janan, one of the winners of uh, Performance of the Night bonus after this knockout of Andraj. I mean, one thing that struck me incredibly early on was I was thinking to myself, looking at them up against each other in, in the octagon, I was like, if I had to pick one fighter here that recently had a fight at 125, I'd be picking Jaunan. Like, she looked massive. She looked absolutely huge compared to Andrade. I was like, what is Andrade? She's the biggest fighter at Team Alpha Mel. <laughs> 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 oh, God. 
Uh, still, I just always flash to an image of it. This is so niche, but an image of you as Treebeard from Lord of the Rings, just <laughs> kicking around a bunch of Team Alpha male guys. <laughs> I remember we talked, to, we talked to Corey McKenna, didn't we? And then afterwards, because we wouldn't have had the bottle to say it while she was on the line, we started talking about our small Team Alpha male <laughs> and you as a six foot five Treebeard, just fashionable. <laughs> oh, a little Lord of the Rings reference for you there that, that care. Um, anyway, I can never get that image out of my head whenever you mention Team Alpha Male. Um, anyway, yeah, Janan looked much bigger than Andraj, yeah. but also she looked faster. She looked faster. This was by far the best performance Yan Janan has ever had. This was an unbelievable performance. And I don't know that Andraj was really respecting Janan as much as she clearly should have been but she was just trying to wing the big punches at her and Janan was not just skipping away but then firing back with the straight shots and in the end she was chasing her around the, the octagon with the, those kind of like looping left hooks and Janan just ran away ran away then stopped planted overhand right and then boom that, that was it a couple of hammer fists later and it, it was game over I have never been more excited in my life to see the next Yan Janan fight I think all of her yeah. fights previously have been like, eh, fine, whatever. I'm super excited to see the next Yan Janan fight after that performance. And who knows, it, it could be a title shot. Dana White wants to go to China. He really wants to break that market. When's Having... the best time to go to China? Two Chinese fighters. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's written to be, to, to be done, isn't it? It's Absolutely. amazing. Absolutely. So I don't know what you do with her. I mean, I don't think Zhang's got a fight booked. I don't know if Xianan would come back quickly. Uh, or, or what, I, I don't know how that would happen. But um, the other name in uh, in the mix is Amanda Lamosh. But mm-hmm. both Yan Jonan and Amanda Lamosh now, only on two fight win streaks. So yeah. an obvious thing to do, which again, it would keep Zhang Wei Li out of, uh, out of defending <clears throat> her belt for a long, long time maybe, which is maybe not fair on Zhang or the, the belt in general, fans, all that stuff. But something you could very easily do is a very clear-cut number one contender fight between Zhang Jianan and Amanda Lemos to see who, who takes that. Um, but yeah, as I say, never been more excited to see the next Zhang Jianan fight in my life. I am now very happy to watch that fight, whether it be Zhang Weili, Amanda Lemos, whoever. I'll be watching that, yeah, as I say, with an actual bit of glee in my heart yeah, <laughs> rather yeah, than yeah, just yeah. going, whatever. Oh, it was so exciting. Like, and it was just watching, as you said, there's them steps back, stop, and she's completely planted herself and just threw it. And the thing is, Andrage met it halfway as well. She yeah. was lunging forward, so yeah. she hit that shot with such with such impact. And and you're right, like it felt like Andrage, and I love watching Andrage fight one one five, and she literally just went in there to just blitz her and and she weathered the storm for the, the, the two minutes and then boom. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Super exciting. Um, I mean, Andrade seemed to recover very quickly. Um, I don't think yeah. it was a, a, a nasty, nasty knockout. She seemed to be be up and, 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 and chatting very, very uh, quickly. So, yeah, be interested to see what's next for uh, Andrade. Um <sighs> She can flip between them weights. She's always in great fights. So I think, you know, she's always going to get good fights and put on performances like that. I think maybe 
she just misjudged the situation a little bit last night. There's a, maybe a lot yeah. of other fighters in that situation would have just kind of buckled a little bit more and just kept moving and kept moving rather than just thinking, right, I'm going to bite down and throw back now. Yeah. I mean, but, I'll uh, tell you what, a great back pocket fight for the UFC and for um, Andrade is uh, I still want to see the trilogy with Rose. That's a massive fight, and I still want to see the trilogy with Rose. Um, you know, uh, I always say this when we talk about a second fight between Rose and Andrade, that if that was a five-round fight, I think Andrade would have won it because she was coming on so strong in that third round. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're one-on-one. One. Make that trilogy fight between Rose and Andrade. Everyone will want to watch that. It's a, a good fight back for Rose when she comes back. It's a great fight for Andrade, and you see what happens there. But, yeah, it's a, it's a real tough moment for her today and maybe a sort of changing of the guard at, at, at 115. Yeah. Maybe maybe Andrade is kind of lost that little bit, two-fight losing streak now. And um, and maybe Yan Xiaonan is, is the one to come through and give Zhang Weili a good test. Um, Absolutely. I need you to fill in the gaps now, Blake, okay, because um, I'm that's, on it. that's all I've seen at the moment. I'm all over so, it. What a performance. Big shout out to Diego Lopez. Coming to this fight on just like a couple of weeks' notice or whatever it was, was not signed to the UFC, and he goes straight in there to fight an undefeated featherweight top 10 killer in Movzar Evloev. A lot of people don't want to fight him. He's very, very good. And Diego Lopez gave him an absolutely fantastic fight to the point where it earned fight of the night for both him and Evloev. Evloev won, but it was close and it was super exciting. You've got to go back and watch this one, Stu. Um, Mm -hmm. A great first round. I actually gave it to Lopez uh, because he cracked him. Round. I gave the first, first round to Lopez. He cracked him on the feet. Um, and then from bottom, even though Evloev was on top, he did a little bit of ground and pound. But there was some really mean submission attempts from uh, from Lopez, one of which looked like could it was a fight-ending scenario. There was a deep, deep armbar in that first round. And it was he looks brilliant. I mean, he looked massive for the weight class as well. And he took it on short notice. So I am really excited to see uh, Diego Lopez come back on a full fight campaign and get a good fight under his belt uh, at featherweight. Uh, But as the fight went on, as it happens when people take fights on short notice sometimes, Lopez just seemed to lose a bit of steam. He just got a bit more tired and Evlo had hand his way with him a little bit more. But again, even in that third round, that fight in Brazilian spirit was really there from Lopez. He got a really close Kimura, a deep knee bar right at the end of the round that really could have finished it. And Evlo looked like he was in pain at points, but he just calmed down, sat for it because he knew he was going to get the decision. Lopez showed a good chin. He got cracked a few times in that second round. He showed decent boxing and a really mean ground game. Um, it, this is like one of these guys that's just come out of absolutely nowhere for me. And I'm now like, I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy back in the octagon. And I, I really hope he does well. Because to do what he did against Evloev on short notice, I think that's quite special. Um, yeah. But the win did go to Evloev. We shouldn't discredit him at all. He's now 17-0. and I think top 10 in the featherweight division was supposed to be fighting Bryce Mitchell, but then he got injured. Um, I don't know what's next for Evloev. I think he mentioned Chang Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, but then that uh, looks like Max Holloway called him out a while ago, and that's probably a bigger fight for, for the Korean zombie, especially as I think oh, he's going to retire. Fight. I want that fight. I want that fight. I don't know if I do want that fight, because I think Max is going to absolutely 
pepper him up and light his face up and it's going to be a pretty sad retirement for the Korean zombie. But who knows? Um, maybe it's better to go out against a legend like Max than it would be to fight a Movzar Evloev, for example. But um, yeah, I mean, Evloev deserves a big fight. I would like to see Arnold Allen still fight someone around him, but hey, you've got to fight someone massive. Uh, you, I mean, you've got to fight someone behind you when, when you've lost, and maybe Evloev is that guy. I'd like to see uh, Arnold Allen fight like a Brian Ortega, for example, but... Mm. Who knows? Maybe Calvin Cater could fight Evloev. Um, Giga Chikadze's there as well. There's definitely some options for Evloev, and he deserves a, a, a big fight now. I'd say 17 and 0. Um, Charles uh, Air Jordan, love that nickname, uh, went up against Cron Gracie, and this was a weird one because it was a lot of people have said this now that Cron uh, Gracie, it was like uh, he'd come out of a time capsule from uh, from the 90s. Uh, and was just fighting with one style the whole time. Was he, he was, was he wearing a gi? <laughs> he was. He might as well have been wearing a gi. Uh, and uh, that's no joke. He offered nothing on the feet uh, to Jordan, and whenever he got close to him, he just pulled guard and brought him down. And then Charles Jordan was very, very conservative, very, very defensive when in Cron Grace's guard, as you should be, properly tucked up, like like almost in like a kind of boxing guard within mm-hmm. the guard if that makes sense like his his arms were glued to his head and chest he was giving cron nothing no opportunities for arm bars anything like that and eventually when he got back to the feet he just lit cron up on the feet and there were moments where cron was chasing him around on his ass trying to engage with him whilst he was on the floor and and Jordan was was on the feet uh, a very easy 30-27 for for Jordan it was not a good look for for cron gracie really he does look behind the pace and people were talking about, you know, years ago, these specialists, they, they could have their way with some people. Uh, and Jordan still, I think, I don't know if they said a brown belt or a black belt in, in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think it's a brown belt, but obviously, you know, he's got, he's in a Gracie's guard. He's not going to make, he's going to be very defensive, but it was just about the fact that modern day mixed martial artists, you have to have a well-rounded game. You can't just be an amazing striker and have very little takedown defense. You have to be able to wrestle a bit and keep the fight on the feet. And the same with your grappler. You have to be able to at least implement some decent boxing and striking to get to the takedowns, to get to the clinch to drag someone down if you're offering nothing but the jiu-jitsu it's not going to work for you yeah absolutely absolutely Drew Rough Dober. for Drew Dober by the looks of things. Yeah, man. It was, again, really, you watch that one. That was a nice, quick, fun fight. Just throwing, slanging and banging, throwing hands at each other. Frivola, after I think it was a big uh, right hook, uh, knocked him down. Drew Dober disputed the stoppage, but I think it was a good stoppage. He, he was a bit rocked and he'd ate a few shots and I think he was only going to eat some more. Um, but Frivola now probably ranked 14th at lightweight, calls out Paddy Pimlet. I don't think anyone's going to make that fight, if I'm honest. It'd be a great way for Paddy to maybe fight a ranked guy. But I, I think, you know, Paddy's having surgery. He's got all this other stuff going on. Um, I, I, I don't think he's going to 50 Gs as well. Yes, with a, yeah, he deserved it as well. It was a really, really great finish. So we'll see, see what happens there for Frivola. Again, should probably be either defending his ranked spot from someone that's very, very good, but outside the rankings or maybe getting lucky and fighting a ranked guy, but it would make, maybe that's a great call out by him in terms of Paddy, because as much as he probably won't get it, if he did get it, that's him defending his spot 
against a fighter that he feels like clearly he can beat. And then uh, going forward, he fights up the rankings. So that's probably a good call out. And again, if you fight Paddy, especially if you could beat him, I think it does a lot for your star power, your social media following, all that stuff, because Paddy is such a big star. Um, mm. uh, Kennedy and Chikuku, uh, he fought Devin Clark. Uh, we got a guillotine finish in round two. Uh, that was a good fight. And then a really crazy fight was uh, Chaos Williams versus Bedoya. Um, I thought that could have been fight of the night, to be fair. They were just going at each other, eating each other's shots for breakfast and then coming back with more. That was a really fun fight. Uh, but that went the distance and Chaos Williams got uh, maybe a slightly controversial split decision. I think I scored it for Bedoya. But at that point, that's when I was holding pads for my son. So I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was not giving it my full attention. Apologies. And then we have to mention... Um, uh, Vina Jandiroba against Marina Rodriguez because despite the fact that this opened the prelims, these were two highly ranked strawweights and Vina Jandiroba got... It was by no means exciting, uh, but she got the win uh, decision over uh, over Marina Rodriguez. She run the first two rounds just by grappling and being on top and laying a bit of ground and pound on. Marina, I think one round three, she cracked her on the feet a little bit and then even when she was on bottom, she was still landing more strikes. So I gave Marina yeah. round three. But Vina Jandaroba now in the top five. I'd have to pull up the rankings quickly to see what we could see is next for her. Um, but she's just fought someone way above her. So it's very possible that she'll have to defend her position now. But she should yeah, yeah. be ranked fifth. And uh, I would say, gosh, I mean, I don't know what Carla Esparza is up to. I think she's having a big break at the moment. And Draj just fought. Lamos is more title contention, I think. So that shouldn't be a fight for her. And Draj just lost. Um, so I think she's going to have to fight behind her in the rankings. I think Mackenzie Dern's just booked a fight. Was that against yeah, she's Angela Hill? Angela Hill. Yep, yeah, so she's fighting Angela Hill. Oh, Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, let's, let's, I'll, I'll be all over that. Uh, well, just because I'm, I'm a big fan of Tatiana Suarez, I think she's absolutely fantastic and um, she's a big name. Maybe that's unfair to Vienna Jander Robot. I mean, at least you've got someone with some good grappling to battle against Tatiana Suarez's wrestling. Uh, that could be a really interesting fight, actually. So we'll see. I think I'd like to see that because I'd like to see Tatiana Suarez sort of fast-tracked through the division because she did so well previously, was close to a title shot, then had this horrific injury and was out for like four years. So I'd like to see her pushed uh, very quickly back towards the top of the division. So I'll go Tatiana Suarez as my pick for for Vienna's next fight, which maybe isn't fair on Vienna. But if she were to win it, then that's that's massive for her and that's a big statement. And that is that is me done. I didn't watch any of the fight pass prelims, so uh, I can't. They, they were all talk they were all about that. by looks of things. So um, I'll, I'll definitely be checking them out. Um, yeah, two of them were first round stoppages, and the other one second round stoppage. So there's uh, lots of action to be uh, to be enjoyed on the uh, the fight pass prelims. So I'm going to um, get a chance later on and uh, check them out. Um, what have we got coming up next? What's the next event? Oh, the next event, I believe, is Gel. I'd have to double check it, but I believe it's Gelton Almeida Can- versus um, uh, what's his face, uh, Jairzinho Rosenstreich. It is. Um, it is. Which I mean, I think Gelton Almeida is 
I mean, he's someone that could make light heavyweight. He's not by any means a big heavyweight, but his wrestling and jujitsu is very, very special. Um, I'd have to just pull up his uh, his topology just to see what kind of run he's on at the moment. But he is no joke. He's very possibly. I mean, he could be a. T- I, I think Jelton Almeida. It's fantastic with his grappling and wrestling and stuff like that could cause problems to so many people in that heavyweight division. And I think Rosenstreich being a striker and, you know, not always the most athletic in comparison to someone like Jelton, I think that Jelton will have his way with him. And I can see Jelton getting a very early finish in this fight. He's 18 and 2. He's 1, 2, 3, 4. Four fight win streak in the UFC. Before that, he came in with a win in the Contender Series. Takes part in grappling competitions all the time. He's got a lot of wins there as well. Uh, he does have two losses on his record, but they were quite a long time ago, 2018 and 2017. Uh, but I think where Jelton Almeida will eventually find problems is he comes into his heavyweight fights at like 220-something. If he's fighting someone with decent wrestling or decent grappling, like, for example, a Tom Aspinall or a Curtis Blades or someone like that, who's also going to be 30, 40 pounds heavier than him, then that's when he's going to have some big, big issues when he reaches, like, the top five of the heavyweight division. But I'm expecting him to do big things, look good, and either do very well at heavyweight and prove me wrong in, in terms of the size difference or drop down to light heavyweight where I think he could really do bits down there as well. So Jelton Almeida, if you don't know about him, check him out on Saturday night. I think this guy could be a big deal uh, in a bit. And he's still young for those heavier weights. He's only 31 years old. So, uh, yeah. And he's Smith, Johnny Walker on the undercard as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, Angela that... Hill, Mackenzie Dunn, and our boy Ian Gary. Oh, yes. Ian Gary's fight. Is he still fighting Daniel Rodriguez? Uh, let me double check. Let me double check. D-Rod. Yes, he is. That is a mm. great fight. That's a huge step up for, for Ian Gary. And I've just seen Rodriguez is actually ranked 15 as well. So that means from that point on, Ian Gary will be uh, a ranked guy. So best of luck to, to Ian Gary. Rodriguez is no joke. He's really good striker. Hits hard. But oh, I just, you've got to favour Ian. I mean, obviously, we're, we're biased. We, we love Ian. But I think Ian's got some really crisp striking. But it will be Ian's probably toughest test so far. So I think mm-hmm. um, that'll be really good. And that Johnny Walker, Anthony Smith fight, we've discussed this before. Light heavyweight is all over the frigging shop. So mm. a big win for one of those guys, particularly a finish, and they could be looking at a title shot. You know, it's, it's not yeah. out of the question at all um, because that division is all over the shop. And we still don't know whether Yuri Prahashka is going to be back anytime soon. Um so, so yeah, Rakic still injured, Blahovic and Ankalaev, what's going on with them after their draw? Um, yeah, could could be big things for the winner in that fight. Could be a lot at stake there. So, actually, this Saturday is a very, very sneaky good card. Mm. And some of the fight nights lately haven't been that great. But this is a good one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right, I think we're, we're done, aren't we? We're done, mate. We're done. Um, thanks very much for listening, guys. You know, if you haven't done yet, please hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're on the podcast. Please give us, you know, a nice little review, a cheeky little five stars, maybe. Uh, and, uh, yeah, follow us on the, on the socials as well. Um, Absolutely. Anything else? And I want to say that yeah, let's um, let's shout out some of the stuff that people might miss if they're um, if they just stumbled across this this episode today. Um, 
a lot of the time Blake and I chat to guests and um, we've had a great roster of guests that you can go and listen to or watch for free uh, in the archives of this show. There's over 130 shows now, I think. And you can hear us chatting to the aforementioned Tom Aspinall, uh, Jamal Hill, um, gosh, Tyron Woodley, Michael Bispin, Alexander Volkanovsky, Dan Hardy, Mark Goddard, just not just fighters, we have, you know, we've had um, pundits and and uh, and referees on, and it, we've had some absolutely delightful chats. But you mentioned Paddy earlier, we've had Paddy on a couple of times, and uh, as you can imagine, they're, uh, they're very fun chats, and, uh, and they're all to be enjoyed for free. Also, Blake and I uh, and the MMA Fan Podcast are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, so if you search MMA Fan Podcast on any of them platforms, um, come and give us a follow, because we put up loads of little news articles over there, and, uh, and little video snippets of all of these chats, and and, uh, and yeah, head over there, give us a follow, drop us a message, and uh, and yeah, and we'll be back next time. Thanks very much, guys. Bye.